Hi, George. Hey, Ollie. What's up? Uh, I just want to get this out of the way and address something that happened on last week's episode. We'll just do this at the top and and um, hopefully be able to move past it. But I've prepared a short statement, so I'll just uh, get, okay. get through this. Time. <laughs> it's a funny thing. This time last week, I was just a young, athletic, talented guy recording a podcast with my friend. I thought I couldn't hurt fly, but it turns out I can, and that and 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 George is the fly. During a conversation about using humor to discuss difficult subjects such as mental health, George correctly stated that in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, shape-shifting creatures known as boggarts take the form of their combatants' greatest fears and can only be defeated once the witch or wizard turns it into a figure of fun and laughs at it. Full of the unearned arrogance that comes along with being a young, athletic, talented guy, I falsely claimed this wasn't the case. I make no excuses for my actions, except I was quite tired. I only hope that with time, (laughs) there's that funny old thing again, time. (laughs) With time, I hope the listeners and most of all my dear friend George can forgive me. I'll forgive you. Shut the fuck up, I'm apologising to you, I'm not done. Um, Sorry, sorry, sorry. And now uh, we'll move on to the song portion of the apology. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. We'll save that. We'll save that. Uh, George, look. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, The spell that they use to to fight the the boggarts is is it's ridiculous, and it makes them ridiculous. And then they laugh at them. And so you were right, and I'm 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 sorry. I was wrong. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I appreciate your apology. And, you know, there's, it can be hard to stand up and admit you've made a mistake, but you did that very eloquently. Um, uh, uh, I just went to say eloquent Yeah, I was going to let, I was going to let <laughs> that slide because, you know, um, of the nature of this, but yeah, elo- elo- eloquent. Yeah, very eloquent of you. And, but uh, what a, what a lovely way to start the show by just, Putting a spotlight on that funny old thing, time. That wow, funny little thing called God, time. honestly, sometimes I do just stop and think about... <sighs> I mean, the amount of time I've spent thinking about time could probably oh. fill a c- clock. Oh, time. <laughs> she's a cruel mistress. Oh, and she's, she's got a hold of me. Yeah. And I would like to know what kind of a time you've had over the last oh, seven yeah, days. Excellent. Really like that segue, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had a, I've had a funny old time, to be honest oh. with you. Um, oh. I I returned to uh, therapy for the first time in months, as I mentioned <sighs> last week, um, mm. and it sort of went exactly the way I Im- imagined. I was extremely nervous before. And I, I had intentionally, um, I had the option of doing it over Skype, but I requested an in-person one because I knew that I would hate it, basically. And I wanted mm. to try and, because I've got very few things that force me to keep appointments or be somewhere at a certain time. So, And that's the very thing, because I avoid it, that's the very thing that causes me great, you know, panic vibes. So. I wanted to 
put myself through that little trial and um I was in the waiting room and obviously it's all coronaed up like the um there are signs everywhere telling you what you can and can't do and so it's not the most welcoming environment to begin with and up until the moment that that my name was called I was just fighting the urge to just cancel and run home I mean that happens to a greater or lesser extent quite frequently but this time I was just really like I was I was on edge and but then when I went in eventually I kind of calmed down and we we were talking about because well not quite the first thing he said to me but one of the first things was was like I can tell that you you he said that that I seemed much more anxious than he had seen me before because mm. uh this is the psychiatrist this is the 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 guy who deals with the medication side and so I I don't even before corona I wouldn't go to him weekly so I wouldn't see him that often but but then when he said that he asked me to kind of just talk through what was happening as in physically to my body um because you know he could tell because my hands were all trembling and I was shifting in my seat a lot and it was helpful to kind of just talk through it and I could kind of feel myself calming down as I was as I was talking about it it's almost as if he's a trained uh, professional <laughs> weird that yeah, weird um but I'm glad that I went and now I've set up a, the the weekly one so I think I just need to get back into the groove. But it's just, I mean, I've said this before, but it is just amazing to me how different, how I can feel like a different person in the, in a matter of minutes. And it's hard to to put myself back in the headspace of, like when I was in the waiting room, I couldn't sit down and I was just pacing up and up and down. And the only thing keeping me there was the kind of, um, social pressure of having to explain why I was leaving, even though I probably I probably could have sprinted out, but you go past the reception, I don't know. But yeah, I came very close to to leaving, and I'm I'm glad that I stayed. Basically, yeah, but you didn't, and that you walked into that building in you know one state of mind, and you left in another. And like yeah. we 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 joke about, it's not like you left there cured it's not that's not the thing but you you walk out of there lighter and you've mm. and you've spoken to somebody about what it is and it's brilliant that you knew before going there i'm gonna find this i could opt for a skype or zoom version yeah. of this meeting but i know that it will be it's that um kind of short-term gain over long-term gain long-term it will benefit you from going in yeah um because you're having to face something. And and I talked about that with him. Like I, I said to him that I specifically chose an in-person appointment because I knew that it would be challenging. And he said that that was a good move. Well, it's kind of like the, what's the phrase? Um, is it immersion, immersion therapy? Whatever it is where you put put yourself in situations that you know will make you feel uncomfortable obviously not mm. nothing dangerous or whatever but um 
for me when it's things, basically anything where I feel like I can't leave, even though I could in reality. I, I Yeah, I think I need to put myself in that because those situations don't come up that often for me in regular life. So it would be kind of easy to completely avoid them. But then that means when they do come up, I'm fucked. <laughs> Um, mm. <laughs> like when I need to get on a plane or something and suddenly I'm like, oh shit, yeah. I've been doing whatever I want for so long and avo- mm. and living a very small life, admittedly. So it's not like I'm, I am avoiding things that I want to do. I'm kind of just staying in my comfort zone. Uh, and I don't want to do Can I ask that. you a question? Oh, don't. uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, so say there's a world in which you have to get on a flight every two days right do you think greta is you... absolutely cringing at that idea greta's furious yeah. yeah but just hear me out so okay. for some, something that's a big trigger for you and something that you you know induces panic is the idea of flying mm-hmm. um if you were in a situation where you had to do it a few times a week say for six months do you think that you would then pin the anxiety and panic onto something else and grow more comfortable at ease with flying, but then find it re- find that it rears its head in another kind of part of your life. Do you think that would happen? I don't know, because it's more... It's difficult to... It's not really about the flying. It's just about no. being in... Well, there's two things. It's the physical space, not being able to leave that, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of how flying works, but... You, you can't hop on and hop off that sort of thing mm. um but you can but a, a great we, you know, guess, really yeah. f- frustrating to everyone else on the yes flight. yeah it's not it's not helpful um no. but but then it can also be in a more abstract sense like it can be social pressures that i feel like i'm trapped by so i don't have to be in a physically small space i can be out and about but something is making me feel like i am out of control or i i don't have mm-hmm. the control so i imagine that i would find uh, if i had to fly every two days i think that it would get i think it would get easier and i don't know if i would i mean i think that it is possible that if it was just the flying then i would get okay with that and not be addressing a kind of bigger issue but what yes. I'm trying to do is to do all these different things that make me feel uncomfortable because, yeah, I think it, uh, there is a chance that I could just get really good at ignoring it for a flight. And then, yeah. but then still the idea of like going to a meeting or something might, might induce, but basically I'm just trying. Well, it becomes to... the, the taxi after you've landed yes. then becomes, yeah. you know, where, where it kicks in. To be honest, so that is what, what happens to more... me. Yeah, do you think you'd then pin it to something? It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've answered my question. Thank you very much, Ollie. Well, I think, because with flights, I'm terrified until basically the moment when we're in the air. And it's like my brain tells me, okay, even if you wanted, you can't run out now. And And I'm kind of able to deal with that. I think it's almost worse in a car because I constantly have to fight the urge to say... To the taxi driver like let me out or whatever because it is technically possible and i can i can kind of see it and i know for a lot of people that it will be the opposite it will be like oh i know that i can get out that makes me feel safer or something but i don't know um you know what i've been thinking about because 
I discussed with the psychiatrist, you know, that I have been in a few, I guess the word is traumatic situations where I've been trapped. Like I've, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you about uh, being locked in the Birmingham library toilet all night. Yes, you have. Um, But even before that, uh, you remember when I fell through the roof of uh, Richard Hale? Don't worry. I mean, you know, the, 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 I've already been charged. Yeah. Um, for anybody listening, Ollie was hopping and skipping his way over a roof that he shouldn't have been on and fell through. Yeah, and this is um, of... of uh, you did some hard time for that, didn't you? Well, actually, to be honest... Well, okay, so Richard Hale is... Uh, the rival school, although that has nothing to do with this. I wasn't trying to cause any damage. I was just, we were, I, we were being dumb and we were scaling the roof. Hey, you were young. Oh it was God, it's that time thing time. again. It's that time thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, for some reason, thought that like a skylight was something that you could just stand on and chill out. Um, and it's actually not. <laughs> Um, and I fell. Hey guys, I'm just gonna stand there and chill on this skylight. <laughs> and uh, like I fell down into this room, which was it was like a half bathroom but half store cupboard. And on the way down, I landed on the sink, which then came off the wall. And this room started filling up with water because the pipe bust and it was. Mm, and I had this perfect. big hole in my arm, and I could see my bo- my cartilage and stuff. And mm. I was losing a lot of blood, and it was very stressful. And because this was after hours, uh, the school was all <laughs> locked up. And so I was walking down the corridors, and my friends were trying to get me out, um, but in this locked place. Um, and so that's an- yet another traumatic experience where I was trapped. And there were, there were some other ones from when I was much younger. But And just to address if I did any hard time... I did get, in in my opinion, and also the opinion of the law, uh, wrongly, um, illegally arrested as a minor. Days later, uh, there's supposed to be in, someone over 18 with you when that happens. There was not. Shout out to the Hertfordshire Police Department. <laughs> um, and charged uh, and found guilty of uh, criminal damage, I think it was. Um I suppose I did break and enter, but I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to break. I certainly had no interest in entering. <laughs> but that it expired when I turned 18, so I'm free as a bird, baby. <laughs> Do you love the fact that as soon as you started talking about something that I've just gone completely quiet? Just like, oh yeah, cool story, next. <laughs> well, I don't think this is a controversial thing. I did my time. As in, I got a fine, I think, and a slap on the wrist. And, um, oh, God, the things I saw back in my prison days, slash criminal days, I didn't go to prison. Actually, they did put me in a cell while I was waiting to be interviewed with some very large and, um, I would say, unpleasant uh, men who, um, yeah, uh, we, we haven't kept in touch. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> we get in touch. I just got an image of you. Put you in there for an hour and a half, but you pull your harmonica out, and just one tear falls down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I get out a no, fa- faded photo of my sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, in your wallet. 
that's got nothing but dust in it and this picture. <laughs> you blow off, you blow the cobwebs away. Uh, and you turn to your new, your, the guys you're in the cell, you say, it never gets any easier, does it? <laughs> Back again. Oh, Yeah, no, um, it's all a bit fun. Yeah, sorry. So you have, yes, and that makes complete sense that then you would attach a panic to moments yes. in your life where you've had little control in confined spaces. Yeah. Um, but it's just yes. strange because, I mean, I don't know the the science of of how this of of trauma i mean i absolutely believe in it but i just i guess what i mean is is that i don't consciously think about those events when i'm feeling panicked but it's just it's like my <laughs> body has the memory um yes and, and it's deeper than it's not like a it's not it's said, but think really hard yeah. about it yeah, yeah it's it's in a part of your brain that is under lock and key yeah um it's just yeah. interesting um, it is, but yeah. So I had I had my therapy, and I'm I'm glad that I did. And also, uh, I mentioned last week that someone had emailed in saying uh, that they weren't gonna contact their therapist until I contacted mine. And I said that it was ding ding ding. It was time for them to do yeah. so. And we received an email today. They heard the Yay. the episode, and they're con- now making an appointment to see there. So. Oh, Excellent mate. news. Um, I love that. How are you doing, George? How's your week been? My week has been... It's been good, man. It's been... Um, honestly, I'm trying to remember what I've been up to. I've been playing the guitar a lot and singing a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, no, I've just been doing... That's, I'm in writing mode, and that's good. Have you been um, going to the, the studio? Not this week, no. That's why I'm t- I'm trying to remember. It's been one of those weeks where I feel as if it's been little bits here and there, and so I can't piece together what it what it's been. But I am back in the studio as of tomorrow. On my yeah, I'll be on the scooter again, going through London. And do you know one thing I did do actually is I had a two hour long phone call with a dear mutual friend of mine and yours, Ollie. Yeah, um, yes. And we haven't spoken for. A, few months and that's very kind of common for us we'll go stints of not really being in touch and then you know you've got a lot to catch up on and um he uh i'm just gonna say his name and then we can edit it out so it was mm-hmm. right i knew it i guessed and, yeah you knew um and i would say of this young man <laughs> that he he's kind of i don't know he, he lives his he lives outside of kind of pop culture and everything. He doesn't necessarily, <laughs> you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he, like he, he won't. He's not on social media following what all his friends are doing, and th- that's a brilliant thing. You sit down and you talk to him, and it's it's you know it's all new. Um, Although I, like I have to say that because he he's a, a, a PlayStation player. Uh, yeah, and uh, as am I uh, occasionally. And at the beginning of lockdown, I was talking to him more than i have in a long time because we were just (laughs) no i was loving it well this will put a smile on his face because we were talking and he said oh you know um so when are you and ollie going to start releasing the podcast oh my goodness (laughs) and i was like my friend that is my fine friend (laughs) that is seven months in yeah yeah so he's got some nerve 
<laughs> so, but the thing is, he had been very much a part of the conversation of getting it, you know, last year where yeah. we were getting the kind of design of the logo done, the, you were putting the theme tune together and, and he was aware that we were recording the weekly but not putting them out. So he was he was under the impression we was because I said oh yeah me and Ollie uh, recorded the podcast da 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 and he was like oh yeah yeah so you still like you know banking episodes well and just I don't know oh, what sorry. this says about Bro- <laughs> like, the success like, <laughs> <laughs> no I think it says more about this beautiful young man living uh, outside living of, his own <laughs> his own truth his own pace and. Um, I was like, no, no, like we're releasing it. And I got a message today, just he very much enjoying it and um, sends us both a big thumbs up um, and is enjoying it. But that that was one thing. It was really nice to sit down. And it was one of those where I didn't even realize we had been on the phone for as long as we had been. And that, you know, did me a lot of good. Um, And I'm trying to think what else, man. With every day that passes, um, I'm kind of... I don't know, going around in circles. I don't really, it's been a good week. It's been, I've been looking forward to talking to you. I had a lovely conversation with one of our friends. Um, and yeah, I've been out going for walks, went along the river um, and just enjoying a bit of sunshine. Have you and... been um, taking advantage of any of the lockdown easing? As in, you know, yes, pubs been... are open now. We've got to admit that the pubs are open. Yeah, the pubs are open and I've been for a socially distanced pint um, or two, am I right? <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah. No, um, no, no. Knowing you, this that is what... makes me laugh. <laughs> so this, but this is part of it. You, this, I know I keep going on about it, but this whole looking through this whole thing, which we are still very much in the middle of. But Like I heard someone on the radio the other day saying like, you know, now that lot, you know, COVID's over or something, they said, and I was like, what the, f- what is going on? It's not, man, mm-hmm. it's not over. But with every, with the different kind of chapters of this lockdown experience, um, you know, there was this whole, will our behaviour change on the other side of this because of, you know, this experience of it. But as soon as you taste a little bit of normality, it, it feels very normal very quickly. Wow. And I... You know, I'm not in touch with, like, I'm not in contact with anybody that is at risk at the moment. And nobody that I'm, you know, seeing is in that bracket of people, um, or the, the vulnerable bracket. And I, um, I, I had a conversation with a friend the other day where we had to kind of stop and remind ourselves this is still very much going on. And there's, there'll yeah. be people listening to this podcast that still are unable to, you know, th- and also it's even if, there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, in people's minds. It's like, well, hang on. Three months ago, four months ago, I was being... T- I remember, I don't know if I said this on the show, but the, the, the headline that sticks with me is the in the UK, there was a headline that was, be prepared to say goodbye to somebody you love, kind of thing. And again, that will be true for some people. But I, I have to remind myself the anxiety that came with headlines like that. And, and, and also everything being thrown on its head as it as it was you know to, to how quickly we i don't know we well, started to 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 live this new existence where we we didn't go out and um yeah i mean i think that the difficulty well basically here in, in spain 
we've we're out we've been out of lockdown for longer <laughs> just like we were we started sooner but it's looking like i mean there are certain parts of of spain that have gone back into lockdown because they were um kind of the second waves and it's looking like that might might come to pass in barcelona i mean we don't know but i just i mean i'm completely guilty of in the last month or two or month and a half i mean i've been being cautious i've been wearing my mask i've been wearing gloves in shops and stuff like that but i mean i've gone to the cinema i've gone and got my hair cut i've gone and done all these things where i've been in close proximity with people even whenever if i if i do feel kind of a, a bit anxious about it going into it the fact that i can do it just makes me think naively like ah oh, well if we're allowed to do it then it must be okay and that's just not true because mm. i mean particularly in the uk uh lots of people are saying that the lockdown is being eased far too quickly and far too soon and yeah i just worry about it coming back to to haunt us and well the, 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 this is the reality well there's two realities one is as you said that things are being slowly but surely lifted and you start to you know make the most of that i too had my hair cut and i you know as i said have been to the pub and had a pint and but at the same time you stop and as i was saying in a conversation with a friend where you go this isn't this hasn't gone away this thing isn't suddenly not as threatening or or such you know as big a threat mm-hmm. it's still there mm-hmm. and i just ah i don't know mate i feel um part of me feels like if you are able to get back to some normality then do that i don't know but even as i say that i'm not convinced of, of what i'm saying <laughs> it's scary times still but we're all trying a bit bad yeah. and scary um, but do you see what i mean about how it does feel as if it's the narrative or the conversations i'm hearing as if we're kind of out of it but i don't believe we are um well I mean, my mum's coming to visit me next week, which wouldn't have happened a month or two ago. And then, I mean, I'm glad, I'm looking forward to seeing her, but I do have my concerns. But then again, I'm saying that as someone who obsessively worries about everything. So it is, it's not great to then have like a real thing come along. And then it's like, before all my worries, I could just tell myself I was uh, overthinking stuff. Whereas now it's like, uh, maybe yeah, but it happens. should be worried. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But that, and that's a, a, a very common kind of obsessive thought pattern is this one of, well, it's, it's often things that you cannot control. And often yeah. people will obsess and fixate themselves on. Yeah, worldwide pandemics. I mean, that sounds mental to say out loud because we're living in the middle of one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I've heard two types of, I've heard one person that I know has OCD that said that they've actually found it almost relaxing, that it's like relax their thoughts because it's like, oh, well, it's happened. And then somebody else that it sent them into, you know, overdrive. overdrive. Yeah, I imagine that it can go either way. Because I, I also saw some people at the start, or I saw something about how it was someone who had lots of issues with anxieties saying that like basically the world has caught up with the, with their thoughts 
because they'd been imagining the world was a very scary place and now it really was. And they were saying that as if that was comforting. I don't find that comforting personally. <laughs> I'd prefer <laughs> it to all be in my head. Um, yeah. But hey. Uh, do you believe in uh, extraterrestrials, Ollie? Oh, I don't want to do this with you. I don't. I just, I don't. I don't want to do this you with you. You don't. But no, but do you or not? Well, what I don't want to do is for you to tell me about that documentary again. No, 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 just tell me, do you, just tell me, do you believe in extraterrestrials What, do I believe in uh, the possibility of life out there in space? Yeah, I guess. Big. But do I believe mm. in, um, you know, E.T.? Mm. No. Uh, don't oh, okay. believe they speak English. Why? No, I'm just, I'm curious and I thought it might change the subject. Well, it definitely changed the subject. Uh, <laughs> it didn't make me feel any better, though. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Um, well, I okay. I would like to. Um, we've got quite a few emails that I would like to read out this week. So I think um, if the messenger boy can get off his uh, bony little ass, then <laughs> stop it. We could get it started. No, look. I have to say this. He he started vaping this week. So oh. He found the vape on the floor somewhere. And just started sucking on it. And I don't know what the flavor is, but it's just odd because you'd think it would be better than his usual scent, which is like horse dung um, and not any old horse, like a sick horse, like a horse with something wrong with it. That's just had a curry as well, like that sort of smell. But now yeah. he's vaping something which is arguably worse. Um, yeah, well. And so I can see that in the corner, there's just a vague sort of haze and I'm guessing that means he's coming our way. Yeah. Email for you, my lord. News from the East, sire. This email has just come in, my lord. So, uh, this email is from Trish and it concerns the messenger boy, so I thought we'd get this over with. Wait, that sounds bad. I thought we would start with this. Hi, Ollie and George. I just really needed to inform you guys that I was listening to an episode whilst going for a walk with my dog. I must have been briefly distracted by my dog because I didn't realise the jingle for Email for You, My Lord, started playing, and the galloping horse in the beginning legitimately scared the life out of me. Does the horse <laughs> sound start playing from the left audio side and then move to the right side? Because I actually turned around to my left to look for this horse and simultaneously walked into the fence on my right and tripped over. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is my dog and I were indirectly assaulted by the messenger boy. But also, I can't deny that I'm once again super impressed by the audio engineering of the jingle. <laughs> anyway, well, I like that email, and I'm sorry they had a fool. I know. I mean, it just goes to show you're always saying be kinder to the messenger boy, but he's out there pushing, essentially pushing our <laughs> listeners into the mud. Yeah. Um, and uh, just quickly, uh, Trish signed that love from a sister in Australia brackets. That felt very strange to write. Um, <laughs> OK, well, I like that a lot. Much, and I've, I've, thank you, Trish. Yeah. And all of our good wishes to you and your dog. Oh, certainly. Um, ah, yes. Now, a few weeks ago now, we had um, an email from Joanne, whose daughter, Wilhelmina, you'll remember the name, I hope, George. Um, yeah, Tick-tastic. Yes. 
And uh, so we have a response from from Wilhelmina herself. Uh, just if anyone hasn't heard that episode, we talked about Wilhelmina's blog, which covers kind of deals with her life with Tourette syndrome and also OCD. And Wilhelmina says, "Dear Ollie and George, thank you so much for reading out my mum's email about my tictastic blog. Although she didn't actually let me know she'd sent it, so I think she owes me big time." Um, <laughs> I would say you owe her, Wilhelmina. You know, I'm not <laughs> sure how that works. It was so exciting and so has got many O's to hear you talking about the blog, and I'm so glad you could tell people a bit more about what Tourette's is all about. It's a huge struggle, but I guess that without it, I wouldn't be me. Hearing you and George talking about it made my lockdown. I'm just dying to ask if George looked at my blog. I really believe that educating people is the way to go. The more people know and understand, the less we suffer. Hidden disabilities like ours are often completely overlooked. Sometimes I have to use a wheelchair because I have a foot tick that makes it hard to walk far. And when I stand and push it up a curb, people stare in disbelief. Because I guess they're thinking, uh, you know, she's hopping out of her wheelchair. So they think, wait a second, why yeah. do you need that? But there are many, many reasons. Um, sleeping is a big problem for me too. And I totally relate to your conversations about it. It's hard to get up and on with the next day when you're half asleep. Have you tried listening to that podcast with the two guys who chat on the phone for an hour? Helps me sleep every time. <laughs> Brackets, just joking. Okay, good, because I was furious for a second there, but it is... Well, I wasn't. I was like, oh, I like the sound of that. I mean, I was like, oh, that's us. us, (laughs) Um, I just also want to say to people how talking to a therapist can really help. It's not an easy thing to have to do, and young adults often find it very difficult. I really believe that over the years, talking to someone who isn't family has helped me so much, and I would definitely encourage other young people to try it out. I've also done a lot of CBIT, which is Cognitive Behavioral Intervention for Ticks, and CBT, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, uh, for my OCD, which worked really well and has helped. If you ever want to interview someone about resilience, then I'm your man. We laugh so much listening to your podcasts, it must make so many people happy. Thank you. From Wilhelmina. So, firstly, George, did you check out the blog? I absolutely did. In fact, I visited it more than once. And? I saw a. The, I love. It. Well, it, uh, the when I visited both times, there was a video that was kind of an introduction to the blog and to Wilhelmina's life, which had amazing footage of her playing her cello, which is my favourite instrument. Pow pow pow. Um, and there was a video of Wilhelmina <laughs> and her sister performing a lockdown song, and there was also. Um, a store, a shop. Yes, where there this was is what I was very eye-catching tie-dye T-shirts, which I believe are sold out. Which, if they're ever back in, please let us know, Wilhelmina, because I would love to rock one of them. We and if, pick one but of there them was up. other bits, yeah. But they, it was all, and I just, yeah, we kind of touched on it the the first time that we read your mum's uh, email to the show. Just, it's. Uh, an incredible thing that you were doing this and I think you will be helping a lot of people um, and especially and I don't mean this in a patronizing way but younger people to hear younger people talk about things yeah I was um, thinking I would have appreciated it an awful lot I, I, I was thinking about how at that age I was you know obviously there are things out there so well 
as this demonstrates, but um, the more of that of anything that kind of demystifies what can be a very scary and confusing thing is just incredibly helpful. Uh, and also, I was thinking about how Wilhelmina is basically doing what we we're doing, but she started sort of ten to twelve years earlier. So, well, twenty years earlier in my case. Oh God, yeah, sorry, I forgot your thing. Because <laughs> I'm because I'm thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Oh, 30, oh okay. so, no, I forget. It's time is a funny thing. <laughs> um, but I just and I again, I hope this doesn't sound like two old men patronizing. But I just think that you know, at that age, what was I doing? I was I was clambering on roofs and getting arrested. Yes. So. This is a much better use of your time, and I'm sure you're helping lots of people. And so, if, if anyone wants to check out that blog, it's tick ah, ticktastic. W- yeah. What were you going to say, George, I, um, my dear boy? No, it's just it's not just uh, it's just amazing that Wilhelmina, you're able to you know put into words. I've because I feel like, and I'm going to speak for myself here, Ollie, but I feel sometimes I go to try and explain what it is I'm feeling on this show. And fumble around for words and think to myself, oh, yeah. If you you've just confused yourself, yeah, and it's I coming from you. Sort of feel that every time. Every time yeah. we finish recording an episode, I think like, I don't think I made that any clearer. But then we at least <laughs> yeah. have the kind of um, we can cover our asses by being like, it's just a discussion, man. We're not experts, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. we get away with it. Um, yeah. But thank you very much, and thank you for getting back in touch. Yes. And, for, and thank I hope you to your, your, you and your family are all well. Yeah. And on the subject of family, and Wilhelmina said there about how helpful talking to a therapist, talking to someone who wasn't a family member was, and I think that is a kind of crucial thing because while I'm lucky that my family are very supportive and understanding of of um mental health issues and things like that i still i wouldn't really want to talk to them about in detail about a lot of the stuff that i talk to my therapist about it's a completely different relationship obviously that brings us on to this email which is from uh miri hi ollie and george i just wanted to let you know how much of a difference your podcast has made in my life as well as ask for some advice i'm 24 from germany and currently living in los angeles Lipstick Whoa, City, baby! Lipstick City! No, no one will get that because we never released that episode. <laughs> That's on the bootleg. Oh, yeah, the bootleg. Uh, we recorded a bootleg episode before we started re- releasing these. And, um, yeah, we got very excited about the idea of referring to LA as Lipstick City. Lipstick and City! Now you guys can as well. Lipstick City! Okay, I, uh, so uh, from Germany, I currently live in Lipstick City and I'm struggling with depression and anxiety. I always have been so scared to talk about it or even let my closest friends know when I'm struggling because I grew up in a family that believes that a mental illness isn't a real illness and people who are diagnosed just need to get over it. Because of that, it took me a really long time to even accept my struggle with depression and anxiety. And a lot of the time I still feel guilty for feeling depressed or anxious because as my family would say, I don't have a reason to feel that way. I also have a hard time asking for help and feel guilty for needing help. My question to you is, if you have any advice on how to deal with 
friends and family that have this opinion on mental illness. I always feel like I almost have to defend my illness in front of them, while at the same time, the illness is what I'm trying to fight against. Um, on a brighter note, your podcast has helped me a lot. The advice that you two are giving, as well as some of the other listeners, has already helped so much. Your podcast is the highlight of every week for me these days. And last but not least, I'm a huge fan of George's inventions. Sorry, Ollie. And I would oh. definitely purchase the Belt of Plenty. And blah, blah, blah. Oh. Okay, well, <clears throat> ignore that last bit. Um, yeah. I mean, look, what Mary is describing sounds like a very difficult situation. I, again, have to reiterate that I feel very lucky. I did not have that with my family. That doesn't mean that they necessarily understood everything and immediately, but I didn't have to convince them that this was something I was going through. So I guess what I would say is, at a certain point, if you have presented what you're going through to your family and maybe point them towards any of the many resources that are that there are online of academics and professionals who are talking about this because it is a real thing supported by science etc if that doesn't change their mind then unfortunately i'm not sure what will so i guess what you have to do is look elsewhere for your and i, I mean obviously it, I'm not trying to downplay that it would be very difficult to have to go through something like depression and anxiety and and not be able to talk to your family about it. But there are many people out there who will talk to you and will believe you. And uh, like we were just saying about Wilhelmina, sometimes it is actually, well, I would say most of the time, it's the relationship with a the therapist talking about that stuff is is better than talking about it to your family. I don't mean talking not talking about it at all or ignoring it, but you can get huge amounts out of talking to a therapist in a way that you would never get even with the most understanding untrained family members. It's just different. And this idea of guilt, uh feeling guilty, asking for help and feeling like you don't have a reason to feel depressed or anxious, you know, all I can say is you things like comparing your life situation. I think we've talked about this before, George, but like comparing your life situation and saying like, well, I have this, 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 therefore I sh I'm not allowed to be unhappy. It's just not true. Your, your brain is not taking account of those things in a kind of rational, methodical way and being like, oh, well, you have good life. You happy now? People in all sorts of situations experience mental health issues. Nothing to be guilty of. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm sorry that you have felt like you have to defend it and felt guilty about it. Here I am, one of the most, I would say, important, significant figures alive today, <laughs> telling you that you do not have to feel guilty but, and getting I... help is absolutely something you deserve yeah i i thank you so much for the email because this is something i need to hear as well i still feel guilty is a very good word to describe it and sometimes even embarrassed to the idea that i would tell somebody that i experience x y or even maybe even z mm. um sometimes it is Z. sometimes it is hey sometimes it is and i still 
Some weeks I get even the idea of promoting this podcast, of like going online and saying this, you know, uh, podcast exists. I find, I, I recognise in myself that I'm uncomfortable at times with the idea of, I don't know what people are going to think of it. And, and it always goes back to this idea of, the, the, A, the mental health Olympics, where there's this, people have it in their head where it, there is severe mental health uh, issues and problems. And then everything else is a cloud that you can shrug off and we all have up and down days, you know. Um, and the thing that I have to remind myself, and I do, is this spectrum. And and it helps me so much just to be like, but we we all exist on this spectrum somewhere, and and it will change from day to day, from week to week. Um, I don't like the idea of. Uh, I I even get embarrassed about the idea of um, like prescribing a name to what it is I experience. When I was first told that it had a name and it was OCD, that took me a really long time to be comfortable with the idea that it would have a name and so although I felt a relief in myself it was then now I have to now I'm this person that says I have this thing which I don't some days I really do you know and some days some days less so I think regarding the conversation with people it's still a relatively new thing and I feel it all the time I think I feel extremely lucky to have Ollie and I feel extremely lucky to have other friends that I'm able to talk to I think my family are supportive but they're not necessarily the people I turn to um mm-hmm. and uh, and I feel as if there's also you know I I appreciate you're not going to want to go into bars meeting people and go hey <laughs> let me tell you something about me you know <laughs> um uh, but equally you know when you get a sense for a relationship you're forming you know with a friend or a partner or something you start to feel this I don't know a trust and there has to be a trust of kind of no, no bad ideas. There's no such thing as if, if you, when you find and you can put things out there and, and you have a soundboard. Sometimes I feel like this. What do you think? And people mm-hmm. can help. The conversation helps you then navigate your way through to, to finding, you know, whether there be answers, coping mechanisms or just little realizations where you go, oh, yeah, that's like me. So I, I think that. The, the the two points, yeah. I think that I, I understand the guilt when you look at the life you have compared to others at times. You can be like, what am I, you know, what are people going to think? That's the one that eats me up. What are people going to think? And then the other one is, is conversation. But even as I say this, I'm making it sound like it's easy. Like you can go out and just find someone to talk to. Well, I'm, I mean, not necessarily like that, but the truth is, is that if you speak to a friend or something about it, in all likelihood, you know, unfortunately, if you look at the statistics, they will have experienced something themselves or will know someone who has. Um, and it is only by having the conversations that we can try and and normalize and, and demystify this stuff. And I, I, I get the sense that with, with uh, Miri, because of this difficulty with her family members um because she says she finds it uh she's scared to let her closest friends know about it because Mm. she's come from this situation your friends are not gonna not necessarily gonna react in the same way as your family and again it must be difficult i mean it's hard enough i have found it hard enough with 
with you know with a a supportive family to then go and and seek help or to talk to friends about it but just i hope that you can try and and um just yeah try and remember that a lot of people will listen to you and believe what you're saying and if you have put off talking to your closest friends about it because of previous bad experiences maybe try and have that conversation you might be i I think even just trying it uh would would probably bring you some relief just miri thank you very much for your email and you're all the way over there in lipstick city and i hope you're doing all right doing everything going on and thank you for sharing that with us yeah and um miri actually says that she always feels that yeah they actually say they always feel a little left out when only the brothers and sisters in canada get their shout out so maybe we should give a little shout out to the brothers and sisters who are from germany but currently living in lipstick city a huge shout out and so much love going to all of our brothers and sisters that are from germany and currently living in lipstick, lipstick city. city and lipstick city what a place um what thank you very place. much for that email oh i think the email saved us a bit this week i feel yeah i do too but do you know what off the back of that email ollie why don't we because i feel as though it was great for me and you to kind of just on the fly share some thoughts with miri but why if they're if the good brothers and sisters the listeners of this show could band together and email in any advice they have for just starting a conversation with friends, any experience they might have had, yeah. or just little tips to to. And then next week we could do a uh, an episode based around um, how to start conversations with friends and see if we can maybe help Miri out in that department. Yes, and and also yeah, if people have any experience with the the family side of it, because. You know, there's only so much I can say. I do not have experience of that. And and it's such a complicated and it must be a very difficult thing. And so if anyone has maybe experienced the same thing, and you don't need to have answers, but just share what has happened to you, your feelings about it. Because we, or because I'm young, uh, we actually have an Instagram account now the show and because i'm so young and and on top of it i don't have to look up the handle and i'm not stalling to look it up now um (laughs) i could actually say it right now and and it would just be right off the tongue um phone a friend pod so if you search at phone a friend pod on instagram uh get in touch with us there or george what is the best way of getting in touch with us the best way is to email us and the email address is contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com and remember we're looking for tips and advice and stories regarding starting conversations with family and friends and yes. if you have any of those things please do um we would we would love that yes please george i hope you're staying strong brave handsome all the things that Oof. you are and always have been do you know what i'm excited about go on my girlfriend is making her signature and let's be honest her only dish um (laughs) 
Uh, Does she listen to this show? Well, this will be a nice test because I'm not convinced she is and I'll find out very soon if that is the case. Yeah, yeah. But um, she makes this uh, this ramen, but, you know, like from, from scratch and it's it's really tasty. So oh. I've got a big hot bowl of that coming my way. Oh. It's going to uh, get in my tummy and I'm going to say yummy, yummy. I might have to deliver her a ramen now. Oh. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Something's tickling your little taste buds and it's me. Yeah, you look down at your tongue and it's a little me. Ramen, ramen. Ramen, ramen. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you enjoy your ramen. Thank you very much. How do you feel about potentially doing film club this week at some point? Okay, now we're talking. I know because it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a, while. a while. I'm well up for it, and I know that bleeps will be up for it too. <laughs> I've yeah. said her name multiple times, and I don't know why I'm now deciding. <laughs> um, yeah, we should. Um, yeah, we'll get on the on the WhatsApp and sort it out. I feel like a Ghibli. Yeah, I feel like a Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. Yeah, although we never did yeah, me Uncut Gems. Yeah, uncut me neither. Gems. Yeah, no, that sounds better. Or did you watch Uncut Gems? No, I actually haven't. Let's do that. Anyway, l- okay. look, people don't care about this. Yeah, I'll, okay. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'll okay. speak to you next week slash later uh, to talk about yes. Film Club. Keep your eyes on the skies because there's extraterrestrials up there. Uh, well, I okay. I, no, 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 I do not. Okay, okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. Bye-bye. Sneaky. I love that. Excellent, excellent. <laughs>